The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. Sealed it in some style. 
they've got it there. You are listening to BetMUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow BetMUFC on Twitter at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. That is going to get very interesting over the summer with United being linked to everyone with uh, Eric Ten Hag coming in. You can follow the Twitter account for the Soccer Gambling Podcast. That's at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. At LockBetting.com. That is my premium pay service that has so far delivered 107 months in a row of transparent trap profit. And we are virtually guaranteed to have month number 108 unless we have some kind of monumental collapse. I don't even think we're going to make enough bets to lose the money that we've made so far this month. It has been phenomenal. And there is still a lot of stuff coming up this month. We are just about to drop a French Open preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We'll be covering the French Open throughout the tournament. We've just destroyed the uh, Australian Open. I refused to play it day by day because of the omission of Novak Djokovic. But we came through with a few selective plays and with our futures. And we did so well with that. We were able to come away from the Australian Open with a big profit, um, despite the fact that, as I said, it was very, very small selective spots where I said I would only play plays um, if I saw a, a, a glaring error from the books. And um, I played my futures already before um, before Djokovic was finally put out of the tournament. That obviously went back and forth for a while. He was in, he was out, he was in, he was out. Well, he's in the French Open. He's in the same side of the draw as Rafa Nadal. That's a fascinating tournament. So listen to the podcast and then sign up to lockbetting.com for all of the plays. We also have the NBA playoffs. We are killing it in the NBA this season. We are en route to have our best NBA season. We've been on fire in the playoffs with plays and props. And of course, the end of the domestic soccer season with two European Cup finals coming up with the Europa Conference League and the Champions League final next week. So usually I would say don't sign up at the end of a month, wait till June 1st. But there is still so much to come here this month as we target that 108th month of profit. If you want to do your research, you can always go to the pin tweet at the Twitter account at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's LockBetting.com without the dot. And you'll see the pin tweet is the PL from last month, the month of April. You can see the type of plays that we do. Make sure it's a service for you. You can see the members verifying everything on the spreadsheet. Um, at the bottom via the comments because Patreon allows me to be fully tracked and transparent. If you want to do even more research, go and look at the other PNLs. The easiest way to do that is to look at that PNL that's the pin tweet PNL from April. Go down to the bottom, you'll see little tags. They say things like tennis, soccer, NBA, etc. One of them says PNL. Click that and you'll have access to all of the other PNLs. You can do extensive research. As I said, look at all of the plays, look at the stakes. It's all very, very sensible staking. No bullshit like 10 star plays or five five unit maxes or 20, 20 unit whales. None of that crap. We don't do that. We make it sensible. If you've got enough money to bet, if you've got that disposable income, we will turn it into a profit, almost guaranteed. So far, we haven't let anybody down for a single month with 108 months of profit about to be delivered. That is significant because 108 months equals nine years. So it's been nine years undefeated, nine years without a single losing month over at my service, lockbetting.com. That's the good stuff out of the way. We now move on to Manchester United. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Um, I would have done one for the Brighton game, but I actually ended up losing the show and it was too late at night for me to redo it. I would have redone it had the game been significant, but it wasn't. 
Uh, I did do my breakdown of um, who was likely to leave and what sort of players we would bring in. I was going to do that again here on this show, but I think we need to dedicate the whole show to that tragic shit show against Brighton and try and shed some light on what the hell happened there. We also have to look ahead to this game against Crystal Palace, where Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be out of the game. And who can blame him? Apparently, he's got a hip injury. I just think he doesn't want to play with these shit crop of players ever again. He was literally laughing at him at the end of the Brighton game. That caught a lot of media coverage. But what do you expect? If he doesn't laugh, he's going to cry. Because he came to, to Manchester United to win things, to finally get us over the line. And we've ended up finishing sixth in the table. Well, we'll be lucky to finish sixth. And people don't think it's significant whether we finish sixth or seventh. That's the difference between the Europa League and the Europa Conference League. And the difference between the two is, other than the fact that one competition is laughed at and the other isn't, is the trips. Because if you play in the Europa Conference League, you'll be playing all over Europe. You'll be going to the, the teams that weren't quite good enough to, to make it into the Europa League. You'll be going to places like, U- well, you won't be going to Ukraine. You'll be going to places like the, the Czech Republic. You'll be going to places like Greece. You'll be going to places like Russia. You'll be going all over Europe. You'll be making trips that you don't want to be making rather than staying in Belgium, France, Germany. You'll be going all across Europe to, uh, to countries that are four or five hour trips and it's not going to be a lot of fun playing that uh, Thursday, Sunday dichotomy if you are playing in the Europa Conference League. So it's going to be something that we need to swerve tomorrow. We may be relying on Brighton, which is ironic because they just stuffed us. And we may be relying on them because I don't trust us um, ourselves to get a result against Crystal Palace, especially with Ronaldo saying that he's not available for the game. Personally, if we weren't in a situation where we probably need something from the game, I would just say throw in the young players, drop everybody, play Ronaldo and De Gea and play the kids, the kids that won the Youth Cup final. They deserve a chance. Some of these players don't. And I'll be talking about the ones that I want to get rid of and along with the ones that are likely to get rid of in the final bet MUFC of the season. That will be the wrap-up show and that will be available sometime next week along with the wrap-up show for Scamessa Italia and the wrap-up show for the EPL show and then after that we can finally drop that World Cup show that we haven't dropped so far so let's have a listen to some of the comments because Manchester United were absolutely castrated for this performance and rightfully so players weren't going in for challenges players were walking around a pitch we hardly threatened the Brighton goal it was a complete embarrassment and it was almost a fitting end to the United season what has been their worst Premier League season ever it would have been a fitting end to a documentary it's almost like it was staged and it's ironic because we're covering Bet MEFC here and this is the first year we're doing this podcast and I never expected it to be a comedy show. I never expected it to be something that was entertaining because Manchester United were just going to be so shit this season. I expected it to be a show just about the the, the most supported football team in the world. I thought we'd have decent listenership because a lot of people support Manchester United. And it's fascinating to see their journey trying to get back to the top. I never thought we would see them fall even more than they already have done. It's just majorly embarrassing what's happened this season. And we've covered the embarrassment here on a week-to-week basis from Solskjaer leaving to player squabbles to Ralph Ragnick coming in. It's all been here and it seems to be getting worse and worse. And as I said, it's almost like that Brighton defeat is the ironic cherry on the top. So as I said, let's have a listen to some comments and then we'll come back and preview this Crystal Palace game that's taking place tomorrow. Yeah, they've got some good players. I've got any great players, but they've got good players. Um, 
but they're a country mile away from the two teams that they need to catch, which is City and Liverpool. I would look at, I, I think, as a football person, looking at that Man United team, the, the guy that's in charge of them now, they don't listen to him. For me, he, you know, when I see someone speaking management, I always imagine, I don't know if you ever do this, mm. I always imagine me back in the dressing room as a 22, 23-year-old and that guy speaking to me. He ain't going to get me at it. This guy, Fergie would get me at it. He would not get me at it. And I think those Man United players have stopped listening a long, long time ago. But, were they, but if Ten Hag comes in and he's trying to get their, their attention, I, which, which ones do you think are worthy I, of his I, attention? Sorry, sorry. The thing is, though, is, is that Rangnick's problem? You know, what do you do if you're Rangnick? What do you do? No, I don't want the Man United job. What, of course he's going to take it. Is it Man United's, it's Man United's fault, in my opinion, for not getting the right man in to take the manager's job and give him time to have a... How many interims do Man United have to have? Man United have had 10 years since Fergie packed in of ridiculously poor football decisions. And I've, I've never met that guy. Maybe I'll never meet him. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll get a chance to speak football with him, but... What genius is it Man United sat down and thought, we're going to get rid of Ollie. And there's a guy who is an advisor, a consultant. It was at Dynamo Moscow. I've been told he's a man. Uh, well, let's check his CV. There's nothing about his CV would warrant him getting a job at Man United. If you go back to the players they've signed, the players have kept and renewed their contracts to the this latest guy who's come in and coach, manager, whatever you want to call them. I just don't know where they're getting the football decisions from. But they, they consistently got them wrong for 10 years. And that's why they're in the mind. They're making hard to changes watch. already it's, it's at, so hard. at that level. And mm. it looks as though there is going to be a change in approach over the, the summer. But in terms of the, the players, there are players who will be coming to the end of their contracts. There are players who look like they will be wanting to leave. There are other players who might want to stay, but the new manager and the new setup yeah, don't want. There are young players who need developing. There are there is a, there is a mixed bag at Manchester United, yeah. and it's, it's working yeah. out who stays, who goes, and who you can yeah. sell uh, if you want yeah. them to go. Graham's right. Start the show. I said there's good players, right? There's actually a couple of potentially great players there as well. However, as good as you think you are, if you're not willing to do the basics in the game, and this is going straight back to the pen and paper, if you don't run around and work hard and make tackles and defend and do your job, no way can you implement your own skill. And if you don't do the basics, Kelly, you've got no chance at all. But I never apologise for saying this. You have no chance of being successful at a football club unless you have a good senior pros. Well, Brighton's biggest ever win uh, in the top division, as you can see. Fewest points in a Premier League season for Manchester United. Most goals they've conceded in the top flight for 46 years. We seem to be repeating damning statistics. Week in, week out, uh, Bruno Fernandes says it's embarrassing. Is that the lowest of low for Manchester United today? Probably, but, you know, I think Manchester United fans are just totally fed up now and it's just another embarrassing weekend. Um, European football is you know, Champions League football and, and is what they want and that's been a you know that's gone a long long time ago and now I think most people just want this season out of the way if you're a Manchester United fan Ten Hag get the new manager in see if he can weave some magic because that's what it's going to require it's going to require the most incredible job to go from where they are so low to get anywhere um, challenging to any of these top teams nowadays Manchester United have fallen miles off the pace Still got some good players. They can still, you know, 
get back up a little bit, but it's going to take a fair bit of time to get where they believe that they belong. Ralph, just to, firstly, just a quick word on supporters. It's a long trip down here. What would be your message to them after that afternoon? We can only apologise uh, to our supporters uh, who came all that way from Manchester to Brighton. Um, it was just not good enough what we showed today from start to finish. Uh, we had no chance to get into that game, allowed them far too much space and too much time in possession of the ball. And uh, yeah. in the first half, one, being only 1-0 down was the only good thing uh, at halftime was the results. At halftime, I decided to take the risk to play in a 4-4-2 with Fred and Edison together with Cristiano, two strikers. But for me, it was clear that this night there might be a chance uh, playing like that uh, to score a goal or two ourselves. But in the end, it was uh, um, even more of a problem for us to, 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 to keep the lines and to defend properly. And after being then three or four nil down, it was a question of... Uh, yeah. Um, making sure that we do not cause even more damage. That's why I decided to bring on Harry Maguire as a, as a third central defender. But uh, as I said, in hindsight, we were also discussing uh, at halftime together with my assistant coach uh, uh, if we should change to a back three. But being one nil down and take off a striker or an offensive player and bring on a, second, a third defense, central defender would also have been probably not the right message. But in general, for me today, um, quite like in a few other games, for example, against Everton or at Liverpool away, um, we were just struggling to defend as a team. And, um, and if you don't, do not get hold of the ball, it's difficult to create uh, chances yourself. Bruno, it's the same team that played against Brentford, but a very different performance. Can you say what happened today? No, Brighton played much better than us. They, they had more desire than us. They, they deserve more than us to win this game. Um, uh, they had, uh, they create a lot of chances. They could have scored more, more times. And uh, obviously we had our chances too, but it was not, was not enough and we know that. You said more, more um, desire. Why would that be going into this game? I don't know, I don't know, but they are, since the beginning of the game, more aggressive than us. They, they doubt the second balls. We, we didn't. We didn't strong enough. We are not strong enough in the second balls in this game. Uh, we did. Uh, we did some mistakes defensively, and uh, and offensively, we were not capable to score goals. Is it hard to explain that? Bear in mind, it was the same team that did well against Brentford just a few days ago. Yes, I mean, for me, it was clear after the Brentford game that we shouldn't make any changes if not necessary, and um, um, we had a good week of training. The atmosphere in training was good. Uh, everybody was enjoying himself but uh, again that was a different game we played away against a team like Brighton who is good in possession of the ball and they were full of confidence after the last couple of results so as I said today I told the team even in the, in the team meeting before the game it's not only about having fun it's also about defending as a team and we didn't do that uh, not at all and that's why we were at the end losing the game obviously it was a rough day for the fans who made a long trip down here what would be your message to the Manchester United fans who made the trip today no, as, as always we have to be grateful they, they have been through um, bad things seeing their club uh, this season uh, and as I said, uh, they've they've been supporting us all all, the, all through this all through the season uh, in every away game. And as I said in another interview, if it was probably another club or another country today could be a, probably more than empty the, our side. And it was not like that. They support us until the end uh, with uh, with different chants, whatever they want to think. Uh, fair enough from them. And uh, and once again, thank you. It's been
been a tough season, obviously. Do you think this is? Do you think this is the lowest point of the season? No, the, the, the season has been it was low. So all the season has been like this, too many ups and downs. The downs has been too 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 deep, too down, and, uh, and nothing. We have one game, one game left. We have to win that game, and, uh, and that is everything that we can do. So Bruno and Rangnick, they're talking openly about it. Prior to that, we had pundits criticising United as per usual. But I get what Bruno Fernandes is saying. But the fact is, is that. He's talking about aggression. He's talking about effort. These all come from mindset. This, this isn't something where the tactics were wrong or injuries are there or confidence is low. Whether your confidence is low or, or not, you still run. You still press. You still, you still do things aggressively. If you're, if you're missing chances or you're, you're lacking that creativity with the final ball and whatnot and things just aren't gelling for you, then, then that is one different thing altogether. But we're conceding goals through lack of effort. We're not pressing. We're not running. We're not aggressive enough. Like he just said, that all comes from the players. Why are you all? It's not just Hughes. It's Scott, it's Scott McTominay. It's um, that dickhead Marcus Rashford on Twitter. It's Harry Maguire, who's supposed to be our captain, probably the worst captain in the history of captains at Manchester United, all going on, on social media. These guys come up and do it in front of the camera. But you're all still saying the shame shit. You're apologising and you're saying what the faults are and whatnot. But all individually, you're all not doing exactly what you're saying that we should be doing as a team. So I don't understand this bullshit that you're coming out and saying. I understand it possibly being okay, you know, a couple of times a season, but eight or nine times a season, the same stuff about we need to do this, we need to do that. And it's all mindset stuff. It's not a case of we need to work on this particular skill element of the game or we need to work on finishing or we need to tighten up our defending or or whatnot. No, it's about running and aggression and and pressing and, and it's just ridiculous like we really need an overhaul we know we're getting that anyway but I think we need an overhaul to the extent that half of these players are gone and I'll be talking about what half on the next episode otherwise we're going to run very very long here we've already put in a lot of extra clips but we had to because that was embarrassing and we really needed to to capture that here on the show and dedicate the show to that Brighton game and of course now we need to move on to to covering the game against Palace tomorrow I think that obviously the next show will be a little bit less clip heavy and we will solely focus on what Manchester United will do next season, the ins and outs, who I want out, who I realistically think will be out, who will come in, who I want in and what the realistic expectations are for that season. As I said, moving on to this Palace game, Crystal Palace are the 2-1 to one underdogs tomorrow. It's 5-2 to two on a draw and Man United are the 5-4 to four favourites what right do we have to be five to four favourites? What right do we have to be anywhere near favourites, especially when the only player that bothers to play for us, Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't playing because he says he has a hip injury, but really at the end of the game against Brian, he was just laughing at the absolute fucking clowns that are on the pitch with him. Probably the biggest bunch of clowns he's ever played with in his career, his Hall of Fame career, his G-O-A-T career, because he is the GOAT. And he's, he is the GOAT, especially because he's proven that this season in terms of how he's been able to come to the Premier League and how he's been able to score 24 goals for Man United this season while Messi is uh, retiring over in Paris. So I think we know 
the GOAT now. And I think that discussion has been ended. And he doesn't deserve to be playing in this team. If he stays next season, and I hope he does, because um, we can build around him. That's one position that we don't need to change, along with our goalkeeper. I see these idiotic United fans saying, oh, the goalkeeper's part of the problem. We need a goalkeeper that can play with his feet and whatnot. Yeah, if you want to do that thing that seems to happen in football all the time, where, where two free teams play a certain way stylistically, and then everybody copies it. And then somebody comes along with a counter to play against that because football evolves all the time. I remember when Mourinho came through, he was revolutionary at the time. And then everybody tried to copy that counter that counter style with in terms of setting up a, a high defensive block and trying to nick the game on the break. That then came into fashion. I remember when Spain style of play, the, the tiki-taka came into, into fashion and everybody was trying to um, get hold of players who could keep the ball and who could pass the ball in midfield and everybody tried to become high possession based teams everything evolves everything changes copying what everybody else does and being a shitter version of them isn't the solution here at Man United we've got David De Gea David De Gea is probably the best shot stopper in the world we don't need a goalkeeper that, that turns into a poorer version of Edison or Allison. we don't need that at the club we need Ronaldo we need De Gea we need to build around that as simple as that and as I said we'll talk more about that on the next show but here I, I just can't take Man United here. I'll just be hoping for a favour from Brighton to make sure we don't drop down to the Europa League and have those horrible trips to Cyprus and Turkey and Greece and, and places like that. And um, yeah, I think that's more likely to come via a favour from Brighton than it is with Manchester United doing anything here tomorrow. That makes Crystal Palace a really, really good play here as an underdog. Because as I said, I can't take Man United here. I could even take Palace on the double chance market at 46 minus 50, minus 150 to avoid a defeat against United tomorrow. But I'm just going to take them to win. Let's just finish the season here with some money betting against Man United and just take Crystal Palace on the money line. Crystal Palace should have beaten Everton in midweek, but they capitulated. They're going to be pissed off about that and they're going to want to finish strong against their home supporters. Brighton are their rivals, their local rivals. They beat Man U. Palace are going to want to do the same. Palace have uh, managed to be unbeaten in their last seven home games, winning four and drawing three. United have lost each of their last five away games. This is a team that had the best away record last season. They were on a record-breaking unbeaten run, which went to shit when they finally lost to Leicester. And now they've lost five straight away games. It's a fucking embarrassment of a season. And uh, Crystal Palace have managed clean sheets in each of the last five home fixtures. And they could probably keep one tomorrow because the only player that can put the ball in the back of the net has decided not to play. So we're going to finish the season here. We've taken Crystal Palace on the money line at the massively generous price of 21 to 10 here in this one. That concludes this edition of Bet MUFC. As I said, I'll be back in midweek with the wrap-up show. But until then, good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.